The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Good football teams are determined by you know how they play on tough days. You know what they do when things aren't going well, how they overcome those issues, how they fight back through adversity. And so, uh, when things have gone well, we've been a really good team. When things haven't gone well, we haven't. So we have five opportunities to do it. You know we have four NFC South games. And I, I know we have a lot of guys that hopefully are very resolute about doing it at a high level. And now, along with Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. A little shop talk, housekeeping to begin the festivities tonight. Mr. Big Voice there eliminated the name of Jim Zoki. <laughs> that was not an accident. Zoki is on assignment this yes. evening. He is MC in the Nagurski Banquet, so yes, he's he either is. wearing a uh, tuxedo or a dark suit that he's hoping people think <laughs> is a tuxedo. <laughs> it's a tuxedo, Zoke. And uh, Eugene, we missed you last week. Glad to have you back. Indeed. And uh, Thank we'll you. be joined by Matt Rule here shortly. Where were you and who were you with when you heard the news over the weekend that the Panthers had made a change at offensive court? Yes, yeah, so I was actually, my wife and I was kind of on vacation, and so that was really, really good. We got a chance to kind of get away and stuff, and, and that was a really, really good time because you need to have that kind of time just to get away. Glad to have you back in the chair. Let's go to the guest line. Matt Rule, head coach, Carolina Panthers. Coach, uh, you talked about your staff changes on uh, Panthers.com today during your, your press conference. Uh, that audio and video is out there, so we won't spend a lot of time on it. But uh, just briefly with your time with us tonight, uh, big news that re- resonated all around the, uh, the, the, the league. How did you come to your decision to, uh, to make that staff change and move on from Coach Brady? Uh, just careful deliberation. Um, uh, sp- spent some time, you know, just going back and just seeing what was best for the team and, and you know, came to the conclusion that it was, uh, you know, just best for us moving forward, moving in this direction. Uh, hard decisions, um, but at the end of the day, I have to do you know, what I think is best for, for the Panthers. And, Coach, as you move on and, and Coach Nixon be, takes over those duties, who is Coach Nixon? Uh, you know, Jeff, obviously, uh, you know, a coach that has a lot of experience in the National Football League, uh, spent uh, several years with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, spent several years under, you know, Tony Sperano, Joe Philbin uh, in, in Miami. Well, I went with Chip Kelly to the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, where, you know, um, learned that no huddle spread tempo offense. Um, I had a chance to hire him at Baylor to be my offensive coordinator. I, you know, I, I wanted to, I had never been a spread guy, never been a tempo, no huddle guy and Jeff came in did a great job for us as we went from one wins to 11 wins um, and you know obviously had a chance to come back to the NFL so uh, he along with the rest of the offensive staff you know they're, they're just picking up right where they left off business as usual and going to do the best we can to put our guys in position this week uh, to make plays. How would you direct coach Nixon uh, coach rule to, uh, to to change if at all uh, how you attack people in this offense? Well, you know, I think we're pretty far down the road in terms of, you know, the verbiage, what we know and how we know it. So I don't think it's about us, um, uh, you know, you know, about facing. But I do think it's about, you know, hey, what are the ways that we can create favorable matchups for our guys? What are the plays that we own? What are the things that we can execute? And, uh, you know, I think that players that, you know, don't have to think that can play fast, usually play better. You know, when you talk about a team that's gotten a lot of penalties, usually that's 
you know, guys anticipating and, 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 and uh, we want to make sure that we put our guys in the best positions. So they can play fast. Uh, they certainly have to prepare and we want to be complex, but um, I think Jeff, I think uh, Sean Ryan, uh, Frizz Jackson, Pat Meyer, Brian Angelico, those guys are all up for the challenge. And coach would, will you have a larger footprint maybe a little bit more offensively or defensively? Or would that change anything for you? Uh, you know, I try to go into every week and, and, and look at the opponent, uh, see the ways in which, um, you know, uh, we, we're going to have to excel to win the game. I usually go to different areas. You know, I usually spend a little time in individual with the defensive tackles. Um, usually spend a little time with the offensive staff on the run game. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, anytime you have change on one side of the ball, you know, there's a little bit of friction. You want to, you know, in terms of, you know, something new there, you want to insert yourself into that point. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll spend some time with the offensive staff and, uh, see in which ways I can help them, but I have a lot of confidence in them. In what areas, Coach Rule, do you want this offense to improve for these last five games? Uh, just, you know, scoring points at the end of the day. I mean, um, you know, we're getting outscored in the third quarter. Um, uh, you know, we've, we've moved the ball. We've had some good moments. Uh, part of, you know, scoring points, obviously, is uh, I think the passing game is an area where we're not getting a lot of production. Uh, I really haven't, you know, for much of the year. And so how can we, how can we improve that? I think a big part of it is uh, finding finding ways to get DJ more involved, Robbie, uh, the tight ends, Terrace Marshall, making sure that it's something that we're you know comfortable with that our guys can attack and um, letting them play fast. Coach, watching you work, if you're not studying some component of how your team is playing, you got somebody assigned to study it. What have you come up with? Is there a unifying diagnosis for why the Panthers have not been a more productive third quarter offense this year? Oh, well, um, that's a really, really good question. Um, uh, it's one that, I'll be honest with you, keeps me, keeps me, uh, you know, up. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that we go into this change, you know, making sure that we're really adapting to what other teams are doing, making sure our coaching staff, you know, is a step ahead in terms of what the answers are um, and really productive, you know, in between series and at the half. And, um, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to be aggressive. We want to dictate the tempo to the defense and not have them dictate it to us. So, I think it's equal parts execution, um, uh, reacting to the situations. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that we have to get fixed. So I don't know if it's any quick fix. It's something that you have to work your way through, which is what we're doing right now. Coach, is there any advantage for the OC to be on the field or in, on, in the booth looking down on, uh, on the field? I just feel like most coordinators, you know, they either like it one way or the other. I know a lot of times coordinators like to be in the box so that they can see the whole field. It's a little more antiseptic, not quite as emotional. Um, at the same time, there's other guys that you know love to be on the field, love to love to be able to talk to the players and you know gauge their mindsets, hear what they have to say. I think each guy's different. Um, at the end of the day, you know the one thing I will say is every play, when you call it, when you design it, it's designed to work. And um, I truly believe that players win games. And so, to me, this isn't about designing new plays or, or calling better plays. It's about calling the player plays that our players are really, really comfortable with, that they're really, really going to play fast with and think that they can execute at a high level. Matt Rule, our guest, live on Panther Talk with Eugene Robinson. It's Mick Mixon. Coach Rule, what did your self-scout during the bye week reveal about your defense and, and your desire to become even, uh, even better and more consistent on that side of the ball? Well, the biggest area is, is um, uh, our red zone defense. You know, um, for as highly ranked as we are in so many areas, we're giving up too many touchdowns. And 
I think the biggest issue is we've given up 19 out of 28 third downs in the red zone. So we're an excellent third down team, but we have not been <clears throat> down in the red zone. So, you know, we um, you know, came in this weekend to do some work. I saw Phil in there. He was working on the red zone. Um, you know, we're worked on it this morning, this afternoon with our players. If we can hold teams to field goals instead of touchdowns, it'll change everything for us drastically and very quickly. And so uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing I think our defense can do to make a huge step. And, and coach beyond getting to that third down efficiency, might what happens on first or second down, maybe change a little bit per opponent. Oh yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm not sure if you're talking offensively or defensively. I'm I'm sorry. I'm talking defensively uh, as you, as, as, as you approach that. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, uh, defensively, um, uh, our our best games have been the games in which we've been able to stop the run game of the opponent. You know, last game's a little bit of an outlier. You know, we held them to right at like 100 yards. We stopped the run pretty efficiently. Um, but their RPO game, their uh, getting, you know, the quarterback, you know, reading the run and getting the ball out of his hands, kept them in third and manageable. And they were able to convert some third and ones, third and twos, third and threes that kept them on the field. Um, so I think, you know, always, you know, first and second down efficiency leads to third down efficiency, third down efficiency leads to creating explosive plays, explosive plays lead you to getting into the red zone and then scoring touchdowns in the red zone is how you win. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to skip a step. It's hard to be really a good team and not be good on first down or second down or third down. Um, and I think that all just goes back to my initial statement of, Hey, what are the things that we do well that we can do well without thinking about too much and go be explosive with. Coach Eugene and I want to ask you briefly about Atlanta in the time we have remaining, and we will do that. But I just have a question. Eugene's old enough because he played back in the Bronco Nagurski <laughs> Red Range Galloping Ghost era, and I was born a long time ago as well. Do you think we will ever see the return to pro football of what we used to call a pro-style offense? Uh, you know, I think there's teams that are doing it. I think when you watch New England right now, I mean, they're, they're about as pro-style as it gets. You know, it's funny, you know, you're – They'll turn them on tonight, and they'll be in the I formation, running the football and play actioning. And Buffalo will be probably spread out, and they'll be you know running the quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I tell our players every year, you know, three four teams, four three teams, yep. uh, blitz teams, zone teams, running teams, passing teams, lots of different teams win the Super Bowl. And it comes down to players being in position to make plays. It comes down to teams that play complementary football. Most importantly, it always comes down to uh, execution, which. Um, you know, at the end of the day, execution's a, a, a big word. What does it mean? It means, you know, guys go out and they don't just do their job in terms of like, hey, I mentally did my job. They go out, they win their one-on-ones, they, they get open, they make tackles, they make catches, they they fight to find a way to make plays. And so, um, it'll, you know, it'll be a good game tonight to see just that dichotomy that I'm talking about. Um, uh, you know, teams that do the right things find a way to win. I agree with you, Coach, because I think it's cyclical. It's almost like uh, in the 70s, the tie-dye shirt coming right back. It's, it's part of that. Everything is kind of always recycled. It just seems like that RPO is a <laughs> handful, and so many so many teams rely on it to stress a defense. And do. So is the wide zone. Wide zone wide zone, and that cutback. You know, if, if, the, if, if you beat the three technique, you can beat the three technique on the front side, on the back side. If somebody's not doing their job, it works. Let's ask Coach about sorry, Atlanta because our time is, is going to evaporate here. Would it be fair to say, of course, Atlanta lost to Tampa Bay 30-17 to 17 in Atlanta over the weekend. But, Coach, would it be fair to say Atlanta looks like they've found something with their, their rushing attack? Are they running the ball better these last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I think they've, you know, they've been running the ball pretty well all year. You know, obviously, we, we, we stopped the run decently in that first game. You know, I think Corderell Patterson is a dynamic player. Uh, he's one of my favorite players, local guy. Um, you know, he plays tailback. 
plays receiver, elite kick returner, listed on the depth chart at safety. He's just a football guy through and through. So I, I respect uh, Corderell so much. Uh, Mike Davis, who we know well, mm-hmm. um, has been running the football at a high level. And so obviously the wide zone run game, uh, that's something that's given us problems at times. We were out there working it today, and uh, I expect us to play good football against it. <clears throat> no, uh, Coach, I, I, I love the matchup, and it's always a big rivalry. And I think just having that rivalry, your team has always gotten up to go ahead and play Atlanta. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, is like, you know, we, we went there last year, we beat them there, and then they came back here and, you know, knocked Teddy out of the game and played us in a really physical manner last year and, and beat us at home. Um, you know, we went there this year. We were able to beat them again this year. It was a pretty convincing win. Um, yeah, you know, I respect their coach, you know, Coach Smith a lot. Uh, Matt Ryan, those guys, I know they're going to come here. They're going to be ready to play their best game. So, um, you know, to me, um, we've been through a lot. You know, we, we uh, had a bye week. We have a chance to go out and play again this Sunday at home in front of our family, friends, fans. Um, you know, it's time that we go play really good football. And, uh, uh, you know, the Falcons are a good team. So, you know, we're going to have to do it. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm it already getting be. fired up about this game. Coach Rule, thanks for your time as always. Great catching up with you. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Matthew Kenneth Rule, our guest on Panther Talk. Atlanta, Arthur Smith's a good football coach, and they found a punter in Thomas Morstead, mm-hmm. 12 years a saint. Uh, Cordero Patterson what? is the real He's deal. He's a real deal. <laughs> that is insane what that guy can do. He's a real deal. All right, so, Eugene, we're going to uh, break down uh, the Falcons in a little bit more detail, talk a little about the bye week. we got a big show tonight. Morgan Fox, Scott Fitterer still on deck. Stay tuned. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast, available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Like I said, it's a game. Everything don't go right all the time. You know, there's some things we could have done better, I'm sure of, but I hope I hope um, guys aren't hanging their heads or not confident in themselves. And um, if, that's the, if, if that's the case or, you know, something that comes up, then, you know, the veteran guys, we got to rally the guys and, you know, get them, get their mental back in the right place. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. That was Hassan Reddick. lot to like about Hassan Reddick in there, Eugene. Love him. Uh, that, that man can flat out play some football, gets in that wide nine technique, and he is devastating on the outside with a tackle. If you don't put a running back or the tight end to help that tackle, he's going to have a ton of sacks. Atlanta's going to get her, their tight end Hayden Hurst back for the Panther game, and uh, we'll we'll break the Falcons down in more detail in just a bit. Uh, Eugene Robinson, for those who do not know, played 16 years in the NFL, safety man. And I was thinking about this, Eugene. I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but football is such an emotional game. I mean, the investment that fans make fiduciarily and emotionally in their Carolina Panthers, the investment that the players make, and I know they get paid, Here's my question for you. What does it feel like to have a uniform on, to have practice, to be at the height of your physical powers, to know that you're one of the best in the world at what you do and you're getting ready to go out in front of 75,000 people and on national television and around the world on the radio 
and go to battle with your teammates. It's absolutely outstanding. I mean, just as, as you were setting that up and mentioning that, I started to get chill bumps because that's exactly what it feels like. All the hard work that you put in. Don't forget, everybody can't wear that Carolina Panther uniform. It's a select few. And when you put it on, that means you're in a foxhole with guys who have really that you've locked arms with who can do the exact same thing that you can do collectively as a team to win. And the only way that you win is that you do it collectively as a team. So there's a lot of pride in it, wearing a uniform. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of emotion that goes in. There's excitement. You feel what the fans feel when you mess up a player, you drop a ball, it's a fumble, it's an interception. You feel all those emotions because you want to do your very leveled best and you want to win a Super Bowl. So I just got it swelled up with emotion and pride as you were just kind of just elucidating what what goes into wearing that uniform and how does it feel? Well, it feels absolutely fine. It's great. I absolutely love it, and it's outstanding. The human body is an amazing instrument. Sometimes it betrays you, though. Um, you laugh when you're supposed to be crying. You cry when you're <laughs> supposed to be laughing. You get mad when you're supposed to be calm and a hundred other things. Did you ever tear up with the emotions of a pregame environment, a speech, uh, an entrance into the, the arena? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is one for the Super Bowl, my second Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, and we're in San Diego. And as the national anthem was, uh, they just did the national anthem, there was so much pride. But then, to me, the stealth bomber came over, and it was silent, and it was low enough that you can see it. And it was silent. And when it went by, all I can think of an American pride going, wow, the United States has some stuff that you can't even hear that is absolutely deadly. I said, that is absolutely, and I got choked up with emotion as I watched that flyby by the stealth bomber. Those are just moments that you can only have and enjoy and be in that stadium and, and what it feels like with all the pompous and circumstance to go ahead and put on a uniform. I absolutely love that. And that moment, I'll never forget. I was trying to even tell a college classroom the other day what it felt like and this is just from the broadcast, but to say nothing of having a uniform on and be one of the warrior kings in the arena. But at Super Bowl 50, when Lady Gaga sang the National Anthem, yeah. accompanied by only a grand piano player, and then the Blue Angels come screaming Woo! over in perfect formation against that Santa Clara, California sky. My goodness. I couldn't even get the daggone <laughs> words out. I felt like the just, oh, my golly, it's unbelievable. If, you, if someone, the fans out there, if you ever have a chance to go to a Super Bowl, do it. If you ever have that chance, I know sometimes it could be it's a one in a million. I get it. But if you have a chance, it is absolutely the, the fanfare. And just as you set up the two teams as they're getting ready to come out, all that pomp and circumstance, it is absolutely breathtaking. Lastly for this segment, why do people get along better? Why do the differences between us seem to melt away so easily on an athletic team because, as opposed to the society at large? Because on an athletic team – it's not divided by race. It's divided by uh, position. You're either on the offense or you're on the defense or you're a special team. That's it. And you know that collectively to make it all work, you have to make it work. This is a team game. And so it doesn't matter, you know, brothers, black and white, Hispanic, whoever it is, locking arms based on being on the offense. And they have their own thing. And the defense has their own thing. And so it, it just crosses color lines because it's about – the game it has nothing to do about the individual or the race. And I guess at some level, too, you realize that we're all much more alike than we are dissimilar. Absolutely. Everybody just wants to be happy, have a, a shot at it. Absolutely. 
Right on, Mick. All right. Well said, Eugene. Thank you. Uh, before we go to break, and we're going to set up uh, Morgan Fox. Love talking to Morgan Fox. He may not love talking with us on Panther <laughs> Talk, but I, we really enjoy talking to him. The injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Here's what we're working with. Trent Scott, COVID reserve. Cam Irving, designated to return from IR. That'd be a good pickup. John Miller, ankle. Michael Jordan, hamstring. And our injury update brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. That's Ortho Carolina. Your care. Your way. That's right. That's teamwork. That's, That's teamwork right there. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's right. That's right. Locking arms over here on Panther Talk. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Morgan Fox, defensive lineman, talking about what this Panther defense needs to do to finish with a flourish. That's next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. When it's all said and done, you know, it's going to come back to the core basis of, of what the brand is. You know, as Coach Rule always speaks about, you know, trusting in the plan, trusting in the process, trusting in, you know, just holding yourself accountable. And that's what it pretty much comes down to. It's no secret play. No, I mean, I say the same things each and every time, but, you know, that's what it pretty much comes down to. Guys doing their part in the whole overall grand scheme of things. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Last time we talked to Morgan Fox, I think it was taco night over at his house. Football game was going on. Did you get a chance to watch any ball, Morgan, during the bye week? I definitely did. You know, Thursday night football was on, and, you know, I got back on uh, Saturday, so I was definitely able to get some Sunday football in. Were you able to fly home, see some friends and family? Yeah, I was I was able to stay, you know, out in Fort Lauderdale. My girlfriend has a family down there, so it was good to kind of just relax and be in the sun for a little bit. Did you catch any of the Ravens and the Steelers? I did. I caught the end of it. You know, what did you think of that contest? Yeah, it was a crazy game. You know, those games are always tight. It's been a historically tight matchup, physical matchup, so it's crazy how it ended. Did Watt do it well? Did he affect that throw at the very end, in your opinion? Did he have good technique? Hey, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations, So, and that's what he did. Morgan Fox, you're a well-spoken young man. Have you ever thought you'd be a good NFL commentator? Uh, no, <laughs> probably not. You know, I don't know how good I do in front of a camera. Well, maybe radio might be the thing for you, but uh, more about that maybe when your career's over. You've got a lot of ball left in you, Morgan. What do you think this team is thinking, and what are you and the defenders thinking about what it's going to take to finish this season by playing really good football? You know, you just have to attack it. you got to understand the situation that we've put ourselves in and that every week is, is an opportunity to go 1-0, and it's something we have to do. And we have to attack each week as if it is a playoff game, you know, because our backs you know, are, are against the wall. There's nothing after this. So we got to be you know, very you know, attentive on what we do and, and very focused and understand that you know, we have to play our best ball going forward. Morgan, many components to an offense, Atlanta coming in. When you start studying and preparing – of course, you got the O-line, quarterback, backs, receivers, et cetera. How do you organize your study habits? Uh, you know, you kind of got to figure out how to break it down. It's habits built up over years. You know, I've had some really good coaches and players kind of impart how they broke down film, and so it makes it a lot easier just from the guys that I've learned from and being able to sit there and break down personnel, who's in, who's out, you know, tendencies and things like that. What do you think of their offense overall? 
I think they're a great offense. They got a great quarterback, tons of weapons, you know, in the backfield and on the edge, and their O line plays well together. So it's a team that has been running the ball well when they run the ball, and they can definitely create some mismatches and problems out in space when they get the ball out to their playmakers. Okay, final question. Everybody knows this is December. Uh, good things come in little boxes, little packages. You got any big plans, any major changes in your life under the tree for your girlfriend? <laughs> Not yet, and I can't really say that on the radio anyways. I can't give anything away. Excellent. Thanks for your time. Good luck to you. Appreciate you. Panther Talk continues in just a moment. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. My goal is always just to go play great football. And um, I think when you when you play great football, when you play great defense, play great offense, play great special teams, uh, good things happen to you. You know, I think for our team, the best thing we could do is is not get caught up in you know what you know exterior goals, exterior motives, exterior nat- narratives, but really get caught up on, hey, let's run the football better, let's stop the run, let's let's protect the you know the, the ball, let's get our passing game going, let's just get the football improved because uh, if we do that. Our team will play at a really high level. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk, this time by the magic of a Zoom call. And, uh, Scott, first of all, I want to get into some of this, uh, the staff change over the weekend, and we'll do that with you in a moment. But uh, what did you do during the bye week? How did you prioritize studying the Carolina Panthers versus uh, going out and looking at at some other teams as part of your gig? You know, uh, last week, you know, I, I was in town. Uh, we had some injuries. So Monday, Tuesday and uh, Wednesday morning, just had a uh, couple meetings uh, in the morning. And then Thursday, Friday, it was a chance to just kind of catch up on some work. Uh, my wife and uh, daughter were out of town. So it was just my son and myself. So we had a nice guys weekend and uh, went to the uh, ACC championship game and saw Pitt and Wake Forest Saturday night. And so it, it was a good week. You got a little bit of rest. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and uh, we're able to kind of work through some things. It sounds like a Hallmark card making memories with your son. Uh, part of the equation, though, would be: does, did he enjoy it? Is he a football guy? He loves it. You know, he plays. Uh, he plays down at Marvin Ridge, and uh, you know, he's grown up around it. And he just he loves whether it's college or pro football. Just being around the guys, being around the. Uh, yeah, you know, he's a pretty competitive kid, so he likes just being around uh, competition, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, golf. Uh, he, he loves being around uh, guys. What position does he play? Uh, he plays, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. He's outside linebacker and tight end, and then he was a long snapper uh, for his uh, JB team down there. Imagine the pressure. Your dad is an NFL <laughs> general manager, and you're the you're the kid. Uh, have you written him up yet? No, definitely not. <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's a pretty squared away kid. You know, he's got a lot of different interests. Uh, you know, I can see him wanting to do something um, in the NFL, you know, probably not as a player, but he, he I think he'd like to be, whether it's a coach or uh, a personnel guy down the road. Very excellent, man. That is fantastic. The fitterer gene, the football gene will be passed on. 
All right, so staff change over the weekend. Pretty big headlines. The Panthers Park Company with Joe Brady. Scott, do you ever get used to the transient nature of this business that you've signed up for? No, it's really difficult because, you know, you're friends with these people. Um, You know, Joe Brady uh, has an office directly across from me. Uh, I saw him every day. I see how hard he works. I know, you know, he's a really smart, innovative uh, coordinator. He's going to have a great future in this league. He'll be a head coach one day. Um, You know, there's a lot of a lot of different reasons why you make changes uh, during the season. It's never just on one guy. It's on all of us. Um, But in this situation, you know, it may look like, you know, Joe was the guy, but it's not just that. It's all of us. Jeff Nixon will snap into place and help with the play calling and to coordinate this offense. What do do the Panther fans need to know about this well-traveled 47-year-old assistant coach? Well, you know, he's really close with with Matt. Um, You know, he's got a lot of experience in the NFL, and he has experience in college. He's called plays before. Uh, He's really good with the run game. Uh, He's really smart. He's driven. Um, and very humble guy. And so I think he's going to, he's going to listen to, uh, all the coaches. Uh, he works well with Matt. Uh, he'll be really good on the headset on game day. And, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, with just, you know, five weeks left in the season, uh, before the playoffs or anything like that. So, uh, you know, um, I know, I know he'll put some tweaks in there and kind of make it his own as best he can in a short period of time. Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk. Scott, what are you most excited about seeing from the Carolina Panthers over these next five games to wrap up this season? You know, I want to see how these guys compete. I want to see who can uh, go out there and stay focused and keep pushing. Uh, you know, this is this is an audition. It's uh, who they are. Adversity reveals, you know, character. You always hear that all the time. And uh, this is a time that uh, the real contenders, the real guys who want to be here, step up and make plays for us. Let's wrap up by talking about the Panthers' rival, the greatly despised Atlanta Falcons. Where is their football team right now in your estimation? You know, they're a good football team. Uh, You know, we played them a few weeks ago and we ran the ball well. You know, and I know they're going to load the box and not let us just run the ball. Uh, They're going to make us change. And that's the one thing when you play someone twice a year, year after year, they really get to know who you are, and what you do. So you always have to adapt and evolve and, you know, try different things. So uh, I know they're going to be a different team this week. We're a different team and uh, it'll be a good battle, just like any division game is. Can you envision a universe where Cam Newton uh, comes roaring back and, and fixes some of the things that were wrong in Miami and plays well on Sunday? Absolutely. You know, Cam is, he's one of those guys that I know was in last week, you know, studying and working and, you know, it might've been a bye week but it wasn't a bye week for him. And uh, that wasn't all on him, you know, last Sunday. Um, there are a lot of things that were happening offensively. You know, there's a lot of pressure in his face and, you know, uh, he's played two good games for us. You know, the first game he played well, but, you know, was somewhat limited in the amount of reps he had. Second game, I thought he played well against Washington. And then, you know, last week, you know, there's a lot of pressure in his face and a lot of things happen. So we'll see Cam bounce back this week. And I'm excited to see what he can do against Atlanta. As we all are, Scott, we'll leave it with you there. Appreciate your time. Uh, can't thank you enough for, for what you do. And we'll look forward to talking to you later in the week. Appreciate it, Mick. Thank you. A lot of respect for Scott Fitterer. It's not easy uh, cheerfully being on the show, seeing our, our microphones come, uh, especially after some difficult losses. Eugene, I can't shake this feeling that I've had 
uh, really not after the Miami game because it took a while, but I've started to get this feeling during the bye week that this Falcon game is the game where Cam Newton totally flips the script, plays great, gets some help, of course, and the Panthers beat Atlanta. You know, uh, Scott mentioned about Cam playing great on his first two outings, if you think about it. He has played really, really well. Uh, I think one of the things that we, we haven't talked about is the offensive line. The offensive line was probably one of the areas where it could have been much, much more improvement because there were not only the sacks, but there were so many breaches on that offensive line that you couldn't get anything consistently going in the last game. Nothing was absolutely working. Why? It's always based on your offensive line. And we've said that throughout this this entire year. This team will only go not as the quarterback goes or Christian McCaffrey goes. It only goes as the offensive line is able to block and protect and keep keep the gaps open up. And that has not materialized on a consistent basis. And because it hasn't, it doesn't matter what quarterback you have in there. It doesn't matter because the offensive line is the first line of offense and defense, if you will, in protecting your quarterback and protecting your running back. Where do you think fans are right now with this team? Quite naturally, the Miami loss was frustrating for everybody. You still think it's going to be a great atmosphere here on Sunday? Absolutely. I think that Cam Newton, and this is this really says a lot about Cam Newton, there's something magical about that man. Whether you think he's polarizing or not, there's something good about Cam that you get up for. it. You just absolutely get it. And he has a way of exciting the masses to go ahead and come on out. And so I think you see that the rest of the season. You're going to see everybody coming out to check out what's going to happen. They want to see what Cam is going to do, if we're going to kind of pull out of this thing. And don't forget, I know it's a long shot, but we have a chance still to make a playoff runner, a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. So how well you play is predicated on beating right now the Atlanta Falcons. And Atlanta's thinking the same thing. Yes, They're they not are. out of it. No. And especially with uh, the Saints, some of the shines off their penny a little bit. Of course, Tampa Bay's playing well. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is a huge football game. And don't Sunday. forget, defensively, we have not played our best game the last couple of games. We have not. This team defensively has been a beast. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it was. that The running game, I'm not even sure what it was. The gaps, the execution. Uh, and Hassan Reddick talked about everybody kind of doing their job. Whatever it is, it has not materialized on that defensive side of the ball because I'm telling you, if the defense is rolling and rocking, you're going to give this offense and inspire this offense to put points on the board, and this offense can't put points on the board. Matt Rule said something today in his media availability, and he said the same thing on our show tonight. Very interesting, grippingly interesting. We will unearth it, dust it off, put a little shine on it, and I'll get Eugene to comment on this interesting thing. When Panther Talk continues next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. So Matt Rule said today and said again on our show, I thought this was fascinating, Eugene. I want to see what you think. He said that we need when he was discussing 
things that the Panthers need to be better at, third down offense, the passing game most notably. But he also said we need to do a better job at dealing during the game, at dealing with what people are doing to us. Yeah, I I, I agree because – and it, I think that we see this at the halftime because we talked about the third quarter. He kind of alluded to that, is that wondering why we're not getting enough points or what's going on in that third quarter. And I I agree. And that that means you're not making the adjustments or paying attention to the adjustments that you are making that you leave those little details on the corner or or off the edge and not pay attention to that detail. Football is such an academic game. It really is. you got to know the academics – but you got to be able to make those adjustments. Every coach, when you get into that locker room at halftime, you got to be able to make those adjustments. And then those guys got to believe it once they hear from the coaches, this is what we're going to do now. This is what they're doing. This is what we're going to do now. And then you got to believe it. And then you got to do your job. And that has not happened on a consistent or collective basis. Would it make sense to you that Arthur Smith, very good offensive mind, would look at and made his bones with Tennessee? would look at Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns and say, oh, okay, you want to stand your ends up? Run right at them. <laughs> With Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. Yes. That's, the effectiveness of the wide zone is that you get the offensive line all taking the step like the elephants out to one side, going to the right or going to the left. And then as you get into that gap, they'll just block you. And then what's the, the beauty of it is that the running back, is, as he's getting the ball, is reading typically a defensive tackle, the three technique to see, okay, is he in the gap or not the gap? Do I need to keep the move the play over, keep going wide, or do I need to cut back? Because if you cut back, it means he's going to have one person to beat. And typically you give an eight-man front. The running back always has the extra guy who's set there, whether it's a safety or linebacker, to beat. And they're looking for that. Because don't forget, you're coming from five yards back or ten yards back depth. And so – it's more of a little bit of advantage for the running back as he's being coy back there. But if the three technique is doing his job, getting penetration, that play goes out wider, 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 and then you run out of room. Interesting. Phil Snow, very, very good defensive coordinator, and he'll figure out uh, – he'll figure something out. But what works against that wide zone? So typically the penetration of the defensive tackles, it kind of messes things up. It really does. And if you get a, a good uh, one-technique guy who can hold – we had this with Luke Keekley back in the day. He can take on two guys, and now that frees up your linebacker, who's a Luke Keekley type, to be special and special indeed. And that guy, Luke Keekley, would make a lot of plays. Or it doesn't matter what linebacker it is, Shaq Thompson will make a lot of plays. So it's predicated on the defensive front. they got to do their job holding the line and getting penetration to have that running back move laterally, laterally, laterally. Hopefully you run out of room. If you don't run out of room, you run into a linebacker. Atlanta, the Falcons, Panthers, Carolina, Sunday. It's going to be popping. fantastic. So popping. Wanna, um, it's going to be popping, Mick. During a commercial break, we're talking a little ball here, and Eugene is talking about some uh, kind of, I don't know, welcome to the NFL moments. And there was one that I want to uh, ask you about from training camp 2005 that is, uh, makes me smile. So allow me to do that with you when we come back to the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios in Charlotte 
in just a second. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Man, I love football so much, and it never really liked me when I was a kid, but I love hearing stories, and Eugene's got some great ones, and I love hearing, you know, Jack's Jack's going to show you. Jack's going to show you I was like done. That. But, you know, Eugene, you're talking about uh, Brian Burns getting kind of maybe, I mean, he's been in the league a while, but with what NFL O-linemen are capable of. I mean, these cats, they, they're pretty strong. And it flashed me back to training camp. We had, The Panthers had drafted a running back out of Louisville named Eric Shelton. <laughs> I remember him. And yes. Eric Shelton wore number 32. Yes, he and did. I'm down there in Spartanburg, Wofford, and I'm watching Eric Shelton. He's a sweep right. He comes down the sideline, and he's running like Eric Dickerson. He's <laughs> running high. Very he's high. He's not using his pads. I mean, he's just boom, boom, boom. He's running down the sideline. <laughs> oh, my God. We had also recently acquired a safety from the University of Georgia named Thomas Davis. <clears throat> and Thomas Davis comes running over on a dead run, and I mean – Boom! Just and I see the cleat of Eric Shelton. I'm thinking this isn't good when you see the soles of a man's shoes go flying up in the air. Feet. And I do not think Eric Shelton was ever the same. No, since. they had to put the caution tape around him after that. I'm telling you, man. I remember Thomas Davis when he first came out as one of the most explosive, most powerful hitters in the National Football League. And now you take it, you got a guy running straight up. The guy running high, that's a no-no in the league. Low man wins. Low man wins. That's why running backs get their pad level down. He didn't get his pad level down, and he paid the price. Feet up in the air. My goodness. Caution tape around him. <laughs> Watch so out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mr. Shelton. You know how that is. Some people have asked me get uh, low. on the banquet circuit, the rubber chicken circuit, and it's crazy because these players are all like my my children. You know, I love all of them, uh-huh. but about my favorite player – Thomas Davis may be, uh, may be one. He helped me answer a question once about Greg Hardy at Myers Park at a sportsman's club banquet. He was there getting the Bob Quincy Award. I thought he had left, but this old drunked-up old boy asked me about Greg Hardy. You remember when that uh-huh. was in the news? And Thomas Davis reached up, took the microphone from me, looked at this guy and said, let me tell you something, and answered the question for me. Thomas Davis, TD, can do no wrong. No wrong. Me. Good show, brother. I appreciate you. No doubt, indeed. Man. All right. With Eugene, it's Mick. Zoke will be back next week for more. Zoe, Panther we miss Talk. you, Zoe. This has been Panther Talk.